0: Hi, and welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and we're here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. Last time we talked about how we as Christians should view the turmoil and the evil in the world around us, and how to respond the right way so that we can continue to teach with joy and be effective in making a difference. Today, I want to take that conversation in a slightly different direction, but we're going to kind of continue to talk about a little bit of philosophy on how should we view teaching? In particularly, have you ever thought of teaching as a ministry? In other words, as something God has given you to do to make a difference spiritually in other people's lives? If you haven't, you really should start to think of it in this way. You know, each of us, no matter what our vocation is, whether we're teachers or anything else, we are called to serve God where he has placed us and to be salt and light in the world. So here's a few verses. Colossians 3, 23 and 24 says, And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. I love this verse because it reminds us that our work, while the, even if we consider it, like we don't consider it to be spiritual work, it is, right? Everything that God has given us to do has a spiritual component to it because we're supposed to be working for God, not for men. You know, this verse was written to bond servants, right? It they had they were they were in many cases, you know, cleaning houses, preparing food, you know, doing household tasks. And yet God says, Do your work heartily as to the Lord, and that you will receive a reward from him because you're serving Christ. And I think that's something we can sometimes lose sight of as teachers, right? Uh, because we're serving so many people. We're serving our students, we're serving parents, we're serving our administrators, fellow teachers, right? There's so many people that we're responsible to that we can easily forget that our ultimate boss is Christ and he's the one that we actually should be seeking to please above all else. And he's the one that matters the most. Another verse that I think can really help inform our teaching philosophy is Matthew 5, 13 through 16. It's part of the Sermon on the Mount and it says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? Seasoned it is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. These verses teach us that no matter what we're doing, uh, whether we're at work or or at home, or with our family, or with our friends, we are called to be salt and to be light. So salt preserves, at least that's what it was used for in those days. It was used to preserve meat. And so the salt would be placed in the meat and it would keep it from decaying as quickly. And so as Christians we are called to slow down the decay in the culture around us and to make a difference in that way. We're called to be light, shining forth the light of truth into the darkness. And I I think both of these these scriptures speak so much to what it means to be a teacher or at least what it should. But in many cases, some of you might be thinking, like, what are you talking about? I've never even thought about these verses in the context of teaching. And that's because in our, our culture, there is often this concept of what's called what can be called a sacred-secular split or a private-public split. And what it means is that in many cases, we view religion or faith as part of our private life but think that it kind of has nothing to do with our secular or our public work. So in other words, it, there's like this divide in our, in our lives, right? We we go to church and it faith is very meaningful, very important for our, you know, our our for church and for our private worship and our private life. But there's almost like this divider wall where it doesn't really affect What we do at work, you know, what we do um, in the marketplace of ideas, as it were, it's, it's separate. You know, faith is for private, and then there's this other world of my work and my job, and that my faith doesn't really have anything to do with that. Well, that is a common way of thinking in our culture, but it is not at all biblical. I gave you a couple verses in the beginning to show that, but it's all throughout the Bible you'll see that our faith is not supposed to be just something that helps us internally. It is definitely going to help us internally, but it's supposed to be something that is so much who we are. It so changes who we are that we cannot possibly lock it in a box for Sunday and not have it affect us throughout the rest of the week. You know, the other part of this is this realization that God's truths are universal, right? So in other words, God didn't just give us these truths so that we can worship him better, you know, in our daily devotions at home and at church, these are universal truths. God is the creator, and He created everything. And so His truth affect everything. They govern all of creation. They're hardwired into the way people think, into the way the world works, right? Even just the concept of sowing and reaping, right? That's a scriptural concept. That's a universal truth because God set up the world that way, right? And so it affects everyone, whether people believe in God or not. And there's so many more examples I could give of truths that are are God-given that affect the whole world, whether people even acknowledge God's existence or not. They're simply the way God has created the world. And so it's actually quite foolish of us, or even maybe naive could even be a good word, to think that these truths only matter for our private, you know, private life and that they don't affect what's happening in our school, in our classroom, and all these other things. Now, some of you are, are tracking right with me. You, um, you, you get it. But for some of you, this might be brand new. And so I encourage you, uh, hop over. Let's, let's talk about it more. If you're struggling with this concept, we're going to put all the notes for this episode at teachfortheheart.com slash ministry. Cause I'm encouraging you to start viewing teaching as a ministry. What I mean by that is, I don't know um, if you do this at your church, but at um, our at Churches we've been a part of, uh, typically you have ministries that you're involved in, right? Um, I'm involved in the youth ministry or the nursery ministry or what, whatever it is, right? This is a way that I serve God. And I want you to start viewing teaching, if you don't already, as a way in which you serve God, because based on Colossians 3, it absolutely is. And based on Matthew 5, we should be seeking to make a difference no matter where we are, right? Honestly, everything we do is a ministry. Serving our family is a ministry. um, And this concept can change everything. But teaching definitely fits in the category, right? Teaching is a ministry. It's a work we do for God to make a difference in others' lives. So there's a ton of things that we could say about how this concept of God's truth being universal and you know, how our faith should impact our work, right? It should impact our relationships with our boss, with our students. It should impact our work ethic, our resilience. There's so many things we could go into. But today, I kind of want to try to focus on the concept of making a difference in our students' lives, right? And this is a challenging topic because depending on where you teach, there's could be a lot of limitations on this, but I think what I'm going to challenge you is to not just look at, okay, there's limitations, I can't do anything, to look for what you can do within the limitations that you're given. Okay, let me back up. What are we even talking about? Well, we all know that as teachers, one of our biggest goals, I don't know about you, but for me and pretty much every teacher I know, is we want to make a difference in our students' lives, Right. Of course, we want to see them succeed academically, right? We want them to do well at English and math and history and science, but we also want them to walk away from our class better equipped for life than they were when they started, right? We want them to develop these character qualities. Uh, We want to help them with the issues that they're facing, right? That's kind of, I think that's hardwired into teaching. It's part of the reason we do it is we want to make those deep impacts in our students. Well, If we believe the Bible, we know that Jesus is actually the answer that so many of our students are seeking for. Whether you teach in a Christian school or a public school, Jesus is the answer to so many of their problems, right? Um, He is what they ultimately need, right? So many of these identity issues, you know, trouble with peers, Jesus holds the answer to those. Um so the for, whether or not we can tell our students that the question is do we believe that do we remember that truth and so that's the first thing we have to remember and understand that truth because so often we get bogged down in just the logistics or you know just the overwhelm of the situation and we can lose sight of that that what they really need at a core level, the spiritual answer is Jesus. And that's where the answer starts, right? And once you have Jesus, then all of these other things can fall into place. So my point is we can't ever forget that, right? We can't always speak to that. You know, sometimes there's physical needs that we can address, and so we address those as we can. But we can't ever forget about the spiritual element, even if we can't speak to it, we need to keep it in mind. Because when we're keeping it in mind, then when the opportunity presents itself, we'll take advantage of it. So what does this mean? Well, depending on where you teach, this looks very different. In a Christian school, you can be open and clear and talk directly with students about Christ, and you should. In a public school, you have a lot of restrictions, but we're going to talk a little bit and a little bit about some things that you can do. So my point is though, whether you have free reign, or a ton of restrictions, we need to all start from the same premise and understanding that our students need Jesus and that we should be looking for opportunities to do what we can legally to point them to him. One of the things that I found to be super helpful in this regard is a diagram that we've actually been talking about in our life group at church uh, for the past couple years, and it's um, a diagram um, put out by, I believe, Matthias Media, and I'm going to describe it to you, but I'll also have it, if you want to go take a look at it, at teachfortheheart.com ministry. So what this diagram is, is it has an arrow. And it has this idea of moving people in stages. So the first stage, it says, is they are far away from God. They don't maybe even know anything about him. The next stage, so one step to the right, is contact. So they're in contact with a Christian. Uh, the next stage over is talking. Um, someone is talking with someone about about Christ. The next step over is the gospel. At this point, they're actually being presented with the gospel. And then, so so you got these steps, right? So far away, then contact, then talking, then the gospel. Um, and each one of them is like one step to the right. And then at some point, um, they would become, a person might become a Christian. And so at that point, they're transferred from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of the sun, right? They have become a new crea- creation. After that, there's still more steps though, right? Um, there's growth, there's struggles, there's training to eventually reach a point of maturity in Christ. So the idea of this diagram is that, um, you know, you don't go from far away from God to maturity in Christ in one step, right? Typically it takes these multiple touch points and each one of these little pieces might might take, could take years even, right? It could take multiple touch points to even move through each of these phases. And it's not about the phases. It's about this concept that from for someone to go from being far away from God to being a dedicated follower of Christ is a process. And often, um, it often is not something that one person takes them through the whole process, right? There's often multiple people that are involved in getting a person to to a point of maturity, helping them mature, right? So going from far away to talking, to contact, to talking, to the gospel, to actually becoming a new Christian, and then through the growth and struggles and trainings of Christianity, finally to maturity in Christ. So why do I bring this up at all? Well, I bring it up because... um, especially in public schools, but no matter where you teach, I think this can be a really helpful concept for us to realize because sometimes it's easy to feel like, man, like I can't share the gospel with this student. What's the point? Like there's nothing I can do. My hands are tied. But that's not actually true because uh, all we are called to do is if we can just be a small step along this continuum and move people just one step to the right, one step Closer, you know. So students that are far away, maybe have never heard of God. Maybe there's an opportunity in our class to have a lesson about various religions, and so it gets them thinking a little bit, right? Um, contact if they know you're a Christian and you are constantly portraying love and patience and grace, and you they know that you care about them. That makes them think. That is a step um, to the right, um, and at some point there may be opportunities where you can legally um, actually talk with students about some of these things. And you have to be very careful to do it legally. I'm not at all telling you to do something that's not legal. Um, And we'll get to that in a second. But there's absolutely an opportunity. We can look for opportunities to move students one step over. And we should never discount those small interactions that we are able to have with them. Now, if you're in a Christian school, you might be working really focused and really blatantly and obviously. On that right hand side, right with the with the growth, the training, uh, helping students through struggles, um, bringing them to maturity in Christ, you might be able to actually give the gospel to students that aren't saved. You might even get the opportunity of praying with someone and helping them become a new Christian. So you can be much more overt on both sides, right, both on the evangelism and the discipleship side, Um, and that is just an incredible privilege of teaching in a Christian school. But regardless. of where you teach, we can all make a difference within what is allowed, within whatever um, boundaries there are at our school. Now, we've had whole episodes before on how you can share faith and what is legally. Uh, um allowed in public schools and what is not so I'm not going to go through all of that here I'm going to link to that article at teachfortheheart.com ministry we have a whole article about what is and isn't allowed and you might be surprised actually um, how much religion and faith can be discussed as long as it's done in in the right way. But it is very important that you do do it within legal bounds. Uh, Otherwise, you could find yourself in trouble. We also have a free training uh, that will help you in this and answer a whole lot of your questions. So if you teach in a public school, I strongly encourage you to grab our free Teach With Faith, Not Fear training. And that's with David Schmuse, who's the uh, executive director of Christian Educators Association, which is a wonderful organization um, that can help in their they are very knowledgeable about what is and isn't allowed in public schools so i'm so thankful for their partnership we will link to all of these resources and to ceai once again at teachfortheheart.com/ministry so as christian teachers we want to view teaching as a ministry we want to be seeking to move people to the right and finally We can never forget the importance of prayer. We talked about this in our last episode, uh, but it just cannot be overstated how important prayer is. Prayer is our way of partnering with God. So when we don't know, when we're looking for opportunities and we're not seeming to find them, we can always pray for our students. We can always make a difference in that way. And it truly does make a difference. It's not just words floating on the air. It's truly, truly making an impact in that way. And we can never, ever forget about it. We can pray directly for our students and we can pray for ourselves, that we would see the opportunities, that we would have wisdom, and that we would interact as God allows and that he would bring us opportunities to do that. Speaking of prayer, we'd love to invite you to join us in our free prayer challenge coming up here um, right at the end of April, beginning of May. Uh, We take three weeks. It's a very simple challenge. It's just a challenge to pray for your students in school once a day for three weeks, and just to finish the school year bathed in prayer. Uh, you know, this is the time of the school year where you've put in the time, you've built the relationships, and you have those. And so this is a great time to just cement that in prayer and to see what opportunities God will give you in these last few weeks. So we'd love to invite you to join us in our prayer challenge at teachfortheheart.com slash challenge. Speaking of prayer, let's close this. We could go on and on and on in this episode, but I think this is a good time to close in prayer. Father, thank you so much just for your great goodness to us, and I pray that you will help all of us to see our teaching as our work, part of our work for you, and that you'll help us to view it in that way that we'll work heartily for you. And then we'll also look for opportunities to make a difference um, for eternity and to help our students find the answers that they truly need. And I pray that you'll um, give teachers in Christian schools great boldness to speak your truth. And I pray for teachers in public schools that you'll give them wisdom, that they will know um, know when and what to speak and how they can speak that. I pray that these trainings we have will be helpful to them and that you will give them boldness as well, um, but boldness and wisdom um, and clarity to uh, make a difference in the lives of their students. Thank you so much for your great goodness to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Once again, all of the notes and links for this episode, you can find at teachfortheheart.com slash ministry. And um, I, you can find this link as well, but you can also go directly to teachfortheheart.com slash faith to get that training that will help you uh, know exactly what is and isn't legal and help answer so many of your questions about how you can uh, bring up topics of faith and religion in a way that is legal and ethical. Thank you guys again so much for being here. We hope to see you inside Teach With Faith. Hope to see you inside the prayer challenge. Both of those are absolutely free. Um, And we look forward to speaking with you again soon as well. In the meantime, keep growing, keep striving. You really are making a difference.